The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Thanks to Courtney Cronin for joining us with a comprehensive Bears update, as always. Uh, every Wednesday live at Hallis. Thanks for listening, calling, and participating today. And thanks to Black and Abdallah, who will be on tonight from 6 to 8 after Waddle and Sylvie, and they'll roll you into Game 3 of the Rangers and the Astros a little bit later tonight. Playoff baseball continues. It is time for Crosstalk, brought to you by Club Hawthorne. Waddle and Sylvie are live at Hallis doing their show on this Pump day. Hello, boys. Hello. Hello. How are we doing up there? We're good. A lot going on. Coach, Coach Ditka's birthday today. Happy fellas. birthday to Coach. Coach. Yeah. Coach Ditka's 84 today, I believe. Yes. Sylvie yeah, uh, filmed his video standing next to I want one of those. I want one, too. I would actually pay a pretty significant price if I could get one. What I mean, you, there's you a think, cap on it. You think you can get one of those, Tommy? I don't know. Like, I asked the get question, how much you think it is? Boy, I te- well, I don't think Yurko's seen it because he hasn't oh, been really? inside the PNC Center up it's at Hallis. It's a life-size so, bobblehead yeah, of Coach Ditka. It's yeah. awesome. Oh, dude! If I put it in my office, it's outstanding. How much would you pay for that? I bet you that that costs ten grand. Yeah, see, I'm not paying ten. Yeah, I'm not paying ten. Well, grand that, that's my. I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong. Look at it. I mean, I, I think I'd pay twenty five hundred for one, but I'm not paying ten. You might talk me into twenty five hundred. Yeah. What do you think that would cost to make? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. You're probably right. What materials are there? Yeah, that's what I think. Johnny, I think a lot of it's kind of hollow, is it isn't one, it? Is it wood? No, 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 no. I think no, it's no. just like a composite. Yurk. Yeah. You know? I can show you a picture of it's it. It's plastic. I, I took yeah. it. It's on the video. It's on the video, yeah. But the kids took a picture by it last week when we were up there. That's it's awesome. That's it. I'd love to put that I in would, too. Oh, I'd like to get one of Yurko. I would do that, too. Look, that's art, too, you know? That is. Yurko, can you have one made and would you give it? Would you bequeath them to How us? How much do you think that would cost, Yurk, if we no, would commission million, someone? Two million dollars. Okay. What, I mean, Ten thousand for the artist. million to have me sit through the the top. No. How much do you think the the, the one of the coaches worth? Seventy like? million. <laughs> you know. See. Thanks. We I guess to, you don't want to play the game. Thanks, huh? gang. Thanks, gang. Appreciate it, gang. Listen, gang, I just we, gave the ball to Walter. What's your favorite memory of doing the Ditka show for you two? Mm. I'll tell you exactly what my favorite memory oh, is. I now you're it. talking I about something it. that's interesting. I know. Yeah, okay, well, thank, thank you. Yeah, thank you for not boring me anymore. This is a good story. Uh, when Coach got like $25,000 from the judge who paid him for awesome. the, the putt that he made, he, he sunk a couple of birdie putts. I saw Coach, Coach trying to shove all that money in his pocket, and I'm watching him, I'm looking at him, it's, and it's hard. I think he's wearing corduroy pants at the oh, time. Gosh. It was awesome. And he's trying to shove twenty five thousand. Twenty five <laughs> It was it was outstanding, you guys. Who was it coming him, from? I looked at from him. The judge. the judge. I look at him, I go, Hey, a couple of key putts today, huh, coach? He goes, he smiled. He smiled. He's like, oh, yeah. He, he smiled at Yurko, and he oh, goes, yeah. it was a good day. It was a good day. And he's literally cramming he probably 20 Gs into his pocket. He can't sit comfortably. The money's pressed up against his bad it, Yep, It was hilarious. So that was my favorite <laughs> moment ever. I'll give you And any time he complained about autographs. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he that, just did. I, I got a good one. 
Hey, gang, well, wait, this is the on, way it's so going to be. Yes. Okay. This is, and this is timely because Yurko just joked about it because I was talking about that ridiculous Derek Jeter Wagoneer commercial. I don't know if you guys. Uh, Carm, I mean, it's what I, 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 I focused on it a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh, I'm really supposed to feel sorry that Derek's <laughs> private plane isn't able to take off. It's so he's going to get in a $100,000 vehicle to drive home to his hot wife. It's completely Too insane. bad, so sad, Derek. It's, it's insane. But Yurko made the joke about the baskets. Harry asked Coach Ditka when that story came out, when we were doing the Ditka show. And I, I don't know what, I think I know what Harry's res- thought Coach's response would be, right? You know, and Harry did, what do you think? He's giving all these women gift baskets after he's done with them. And Coach went, well, he's a classy guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was what Harry was expecting to say. And I just sort of turned I was like, and I, he's like, guys, listen, J- J- Derek's a classy guy. And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, that was the response that Harry thought he was going to get. It was priceless. He loved the Yankees. Absolutely yeah. priceless. We, I was walking out of Oak Brook one day, the Oak Brook uh, dead guys. And you know that line that oh. he would sign for throughout the show. During all the commercial breaks, they'd line up. They'd donate $20. For Misericordia, and he signed for the entire show. When he was done, he was done. Yeah. And at at six o whatever, he I'm walking out. He's walking out, and someone approached him for an autograph. He goes, "Damn it! I signed for the last hour and fifteen minutes. I'm done." He'd grab all the time ca- to have a cigar. He'd have all grab all the cash that was in the container, oh, and yeah. shove in it into his pocket. his pocket. Yep. Right. Yeah. No, but the coach gave that. No, to he was definitely. No, 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 I definitely. I get it. I definitely. get it. So yeah. what he did was he'd collect, say, whatever he collected, right, and then, and then donate. He just, yeah. he no, gives it even the- more importantly, that he would donate on top of that. Yes, he would. Yes, yes, yes. all to Ms. Recordia, I think. Yes. He, yes. he had yes. a real affinity yeah. for Ms. Recordia. Right. Yes. Yeah, and coach he was good about sister, that. Sister, I forget what her name was. Sister, she called me. They're low on funds. And coach Gotta double up the efforts this month. Listen, one of the most generous guys you'll ever meet. Listen, he was intense and salty. And he doesn't really give a damn. So but you saw the video. When it came to things yeah. that were close right. to him, especially the misericordia stuff, like yep. he was no joke. And when he would notice that, and these guys know it too, because we all we took turns at shows over the years doing the the, the show with yeah. Coach. If he noticed people weren't putting the money in the oh, jar, no, he'd, he'd go and grab the mic and he'd call it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, the money in play. Yeah, he was not messing with the money in the basket. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. money goes in. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Yeah, he was pretty serious Punch. about that. Even I, I got five items signed one time. There went a Honda, a Stoichki, a blue one went in there. I'm like, make these special, Mike. Then I had chicken scratch. Oh, put yeah. On even the rest we would them. throw the money in when we'd have yeah, it for gift for Christmas or stuff, or people would need something signed. I'd always put the money in there. Well, it was out of respect to him, knowing yeah, that totally. the money was going to a great cause. Totally. Like, yeah. Nobody wanted to get anything for free. <laughs> Coach, yeah. When he put that yeah. money in his pocket, I'm oh, like, hey, so champ. Funny. Well, you can't fit. I'll hold for you. Didn't Merkin? Hold it for you. Didn't Merkin spill like a yes, coke right on before him? our first show? Yes, right. Amazing. Amazing. yes. What with Joni XL walking in? What are you, you doing? Too. What do you, you do? Think You're this, a little you think early this is for your room. Hey. You think this is your room? Hey, we'll leave if Joni yeah, wants no, to stop. We're, we're ready to go. Where's the collared shirt today? This is a work day. Remember when Bob Boxer, our engineer, was falling asleep in the corner? Oh, I do remember. Coach looked across. Which day? Wake up, Bob! Wake up! Coach called him out. Yeah. We're doing a radio show, Bob. Carm, you it was... He put uh, the Yurko on the coach. He nodded off. <laughs> Merck put down an iced tea for him. And, and this is like, a, well, this is the first show, first right? First show of so all time. So first of all, like, I, I'm, I, like, Ditka's bigger than life for me. And, like, again, like, like I'm, one, I'm the anti-Schwarber. Any big moment... <laughs> 
stop I, it. So I, I, I shrivel That's up. That's not true. Yes, I do. I no, do. It, whether, whether it's sports or broadcasting, the moment gets too big for me. It is, I, I, I am one of these guys who chokes under pressure. So I am completely nervous already about Ditka, that I'm doing the Ditka show. After all the years, like, that Northy did it, and, and oh, yeah. I, I've been listening to the Ditka show, and he's yelling at, at, at the reporters. See and, this, buddy? This and, is your this IQ. This is your IQ, pal. Zero. <laughs> all this stuff. And I'm, I'm sitting there now. It's, I'm, I'm hosting the Ditka show with Waddle, and he doesn't know me from Adam, and he knows Waddle. Waddle played for him. So I'm nervous as it is. And then we're going on the air. And Merck puts the iced tea oh, yeah. on the crack of the two tables put together. As I've made that mistake before recently, I spilled on my computer. And um, and it spilled all over Coach. Unbelievable. Right as this, the show as is we're going on. An inauspicious like, start. And I'm like, what are you doing? I, I got to like, be honest. He handled it like better than I thought he would. I sweat's pouring down from me. Coach was okay with it. He didn't, you know, he didn't get physical. The first of what, like, I don't know, 150 shows oh, we gosh. would do with Ditko over the years. More than that, probably, yeah. right? I and mean, then like, you find out he's, he's awesome. The best. The and York, Sylvie's walking out of there with three three bags going home for the family. Everyone's getting a Jenner. Yeah. <laughs> Carlos. Carlos would Carlos hook me up. the best. Carlos would hook me up I, with I, some I, lunch I, and some dinner to go. Let's hook you up with lunch and dinner to go. That was the restaurant owners that were doing that. Not well, Carlos, Car- Car- Carlos not would. Uh, Carlos you know, had to have hernia surgery carrying all that food <laughs> to his car. Poor guy, he's got a hernia. He's you never know. been the same since that. You know, so I, still, I still. call him Carlos. Uno ball now. <laughs> Uno pelota. Carlos. Uno ball. Uno ball. Do you know I still see Carlos? He works. Uh, Carlos is still with the Ditka family. He's at Grill Eighty Nine. Yeah. And uh, sometimes he'll go. I think sometimes he's at Ditka's Oakbrook, and then a lot of t- on the weekends he's at Grill Eighty Nine in Westmont on Ogden, which is a great place. And mm-hmm. I go there a lot, and I see Carlos every once. So, in a while. Carm, the, I didn't even know that the Ditka's in Oakbrook is still. I, I believe Dick is still open. Yeah. Still open. Think so. Oh, yeah. And, and Grill 89 is definitely still open. And I, Paul, I see Paul in Grill 89 every once in a while. Um, I think they just opened one in a different part of the country. I'm trying to remember where Paul said they were opening oh, up. I, I tell you That's exactly got to be a Pennsylvania were. gang. No, no, it's not. North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. Up. Oh, really? Yeah, I talked to Freddie Lins, and he yeah. told me about the one down there because Freddie still supplies yes. the meats. They just opened one, yeah, and I see North Carlos Carolina. every once in a while over at nice. Grill 89, and Carlos always says hi to everybody and yep. hopes everybody's doing well. He's a, His Great son, guy. I believe, is playing college basketball somewhere like at a d2 wow. school i think yeah it's wow. kid, I, when we were i just remember when his son guy. was like five years old just the yeah. wee lad yeah. yeah carlos is a great dude my uh my, one of my favorite things about the ditka show was was the friendship formed with john vincent oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah the great the singer big guy, the big guy big guy yeah, big he, fella. He, one of the nicest what people a voice. in the sweetheart world. of what a man voice. what a voice huh? what a voice like sinatra Oh yeah. my God, he's incredible. He really is. Say so he's say he's uh, he's sung the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Yes, a number of different venues mm-hmm. across the Midwest. Just did it at the uh, Aaron Water Show. But when he does Sinatra tunes, I mean, oh, he's fabulous. Like, oh he really yeah, the is. ladies at Tramp. Yeah, so he's, good. He's a, she is. He's, he's a, <laughs> out and about, gallivanting <laughs> around the neighborhood. That lady's a tramp. Uh, yeah.
The powerful I'm voice. I'm going to go now, you guys. I'm just going to go. Yeah. Oh, is the ladies a champ? What did I just no, say? No, it's not. The ladies a champ. Oh, it's sorry. not the ladies a champ. I think the good kids should bring back a rendition of the lady is a champ. <laughs> he I should would bring back that one. Sinatra. Yeah. The good kids sing Sinatra. Yes. Uh, Let's do a Christmas it. album this year. Oh, uh, there you go. Summer wind. I love it. That's, that's summer wind. wind. Came blowing in. Across, from across the sea. The sea. All the 50s and 60s classics. Go ahead, Come Dino. Down, Yurko. Go we ahead, need Dino. to do this. The linger there, the touch just, your hair. We need to just make Dino. the promo with Taste Yurko. The biscuit. Do, we're just singing the hooks from all the songs. Let's do it. Yeah. I say we do it as a That's Christmas a commercial. Yeah. That's the commercial that you do, you remember? Totally. Oh, those commercials were the best. 2 a.m., you can get all of Frank's greatest hits. My yeah. best. When I was driving Chicago, back from si- Cincinnati Chicago. Two, two weekends ago, there was a <laughs> one of the radio stations in Cincinnati. On Sunday mornings, they only play Frank Sinatra. Awesome. <laughs> so nice. for like what an hour and 30 straight? minutes, yeah. I, I listened. That's all I listened to. The greatest. It was man. the best. I'm telling you. Um, Taste the biscuit. <laughs> Have you seen that video? That video? I've seen that video. It's a, it's a woman on Instagram. And right? I, oh, I saw it. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I don't know Where, what's going are, on. Are they like fantastic? Are they like John Chico's menswear? Where like <laughs> so. it, it, it looks like they're at John and Chico's the husband, menswear. The, the yeah. husband's playing the the the, the like organ. It's, yeah. it's the Casio. Like it's yeah. Dude, that video is just. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it's fantastic. Do you remember the Saturday Night Live skit with Sherry O'Terry or mm-hmm. whatever her name was, and then Will Ferrell, and they played like they were the church? No, 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 that was a good one too, York. But they they played. She was a singer, and he played the organ, and they were like a church yes. duo. Yes. Oh, one of the yes. best of all time. Yes. But this one's kind of comparable, and and then they. Like the big thing on on social media now is is just to show them superimposed like at a football game or right, something. Yeah, taste the biscuit. Taste the biscuit. <laughs> and like there's like she's so into it, and yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they're at some clothing store. God only knows where. There's purses yeah. on display for like fifty yes. percent off. I mean, it, it's just all time great. It's the best. Who's taste the, the uh, what's the name of the uh, new Bears quarterback on the practice squad? Uh, Trace Biscuit? McSorley. Trace McSorley. He's yeah. got a song too, by the way. Trace McSorley. Trace McSorley has a song from Penn State. Mm. Tyler, can you Google that and play that for the guys? Maybe before crosstalk ends. I thought you said, said the there's new no, no bad. Stuff I didn't know you said quarterback. Guys. What's that? I thought you said cornerback. There's I don't no know. cussing, swearing in that. We don't want to. No, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I want to lose the license here, guys. Taste the biscuit. Taste the biscuit. <laughs> it's catchy like that song too. That's why I was thinking of it. Someone sent me it yesterday. Really? The Trace McSorley song. Does is... he sing it or is it sung about him? No, I think it's, it's about it's, him. It's okay. about him when he was at um, when he was Penn, Penn State. State. You double check, like Yurko said, to make sure that there's no like uh, swears in there. Doesn't it feel like Trace McSorley was at Penn State like 20 years ago? Well, uh, listen, weird. Michael Penix has been in the in wow, NCAA please. for six years. He's, he's, he spent four years at Indiana. This is his second well, the year COVID. Everyone saying, gets these COVID yeah, years. Greco called him a kid. I said, kid. I said, when he goes for the physical, they check his prostate. He's no kid. <laughs> I'm like, he, he's a kid. I mean, you know, uh, he's been awesome. But, like, yeah, he's no kid. Moon River. <laughs> who is the uh, quarterback who played uh, for Carolina? Who was at Florida State? Chris Winky. We talked about him. Yeah, Winky. He's like Winky. He was 29 when he he got drafted. You know that, right? 29 years old. Was he really 29? 29. Wow. We looked it up yesterday. He served a a mission, right? No. Played minor league baseball. Oh, is that what he did? Minor league baseball. I thought he was a minor league baseball guy. And a mission. Did both. You might be right. He could have done both. Could have done a mission and played minor league baseball. 
I'm hmm? trying to remember now. Maybe you're right. You're Wanky. Chris yeah, Florida Wanky. State. But he played baseball. I thought he was a high draft choice in baseball. Came back to play football. Yeah, I think you're right. That was Wasn't a first story. Was he a first round pick? I know Drew Henson did that. Fourth round, fourth, fourth round pick fourth for the Carolina round. Panthers. Yeah, he played in the Blue Jays organization. Yep. He did. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then it Good didn't work out. Year. And he went back to That's college. That's what I do. He coached at IMG Academy when uh, Little Merck was yeah, there. You're right. Little Merck went down his senior year to play at IMG Academy. So Winky was the head coach at the time. He entered Florida State in 97 at the age of 25. Wow. Yeah. Taste the biscuit. Yeah. Taste the biscuit. <laughs> Mike Grudadario was his We need the rest coach. of the word. Break the break of that out. Just do that to Joey. We need the and see what he does. Oh, please. In the middle of the head. Just start going. Last, last week I asked him out of nowhere. I said, Jeff, what, what do you actually wear to go to bed at night? And he's like, oh, sometimes I go to bed fully clothed. Um. Uh, no, he doesn't. Why? Yeah, that's what he said. Taste yes, he does. He's just, he'll fall taste asleep. the goodness of the oh. biscuit. Taste yes. the honey sauce. I like when she says, taste the honey sauce. <laughs> taste, taste the, the goodness biscuit. of the I like biscuit. That your favorite parts of the song. The honey sauce. Don't get that honey sauce on me. I don't like the way it tastes with my chicken wings. Taste the biscuit. What is she? like? It's got to be a song like advertising it's some so diner awesome. and... Mississippi or something? No, what? I don't know what it is. It's, Tweet out the link so people know the the video I'm just you're gonna, talking about. I'm going to Google this. "Taste the Biscuit." It's written by Vincent Gargiulio. It sounds like a paisan. It's track two on Chickens in the Shadows official <laughs> soundtrack. <laughs> what is? I don't know. Was this Trubisky's? Uh, was, how, how does Chicken in the Shadows go? I don't know. If you had to guess, it should have been Trubisky's theme song when he was here. Taste, oh my God, Sylvia! It'd probably right. somebody. Trubisky. Chicken in the shadows. Unbelievable. Chicken in the shadows. It looks chicken like it's actually off of some album by a guy named Vincent Gargiulio. Yeah. It's a whole album. Uh, and taste I don't it. know why she's standing know, in front man. of a bunch of clothing. I don't know. With him, he and he's not moved by anything. He's just playing the piano. Yeah, oh, yeah. The Cassia, like Carmen it said. It is so good. I wanted one of those so badly when I was a kid. Right? Could, I, I had a piano, and I hated playing the piano, but I wanted one of those. Yeah, because you could do the synthesizing on it. Yes, Remember, Sylvie? exactly. Yeah, that's why we all wanted it. Of course. <laughs> I wanted one too. I, want, I also want a hundred twenty thousand dollar Wagoneer like Derek yeah. Cheater, but it probably yeah. ain't happening. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I want to drive home to a, a warm yeah. home too. I wanted Jordan threes, and my mom's like, uh, "Yeah, no. good luck. No, <laughs> go you, get a job." You got the Nikes where the swoosh wasn't really a swoosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was upside down. Yeah. It was like at a real sharp yeah. angle. Yeah. We're gonna go to Floorsheim and buy you yeah. some uh, whatever the hell we bought over there. I don't know. We went to Venture and stole yeah, Starsky and Hutch yeah, shoes. Yeah. My Jordan. <laughs> My mom switched the price tags on him. Yeah. She goes, you kids wanted them. I had to do what I had to do. Oh, so really? Are, they, are yeah. the Starsky and Hutch shoes the ones that are like the they brown blue, boots? They were blue with uh, white stripes, three okay. white Adidas stripes. She down switched the, the price tag. You, you do what like you a, have to do she's like a when you're an immigrant heaven. family with no money. Okay, oh, You do what you, you have to do. Mom went in there, and I think the price was like nine eighty nine for a pair of shoes, mm-hmm. tennis shoes. She switched them to two ninety nine on both pairs. <laughs> wow! Oh yeah, boy. Taste Mom the biscuit. I mean, how hey, about Zlata? If you're going to risk going to jail, wow! If you risk going to jail, you got to do what you got to do. Taste the biscuit. She didn't right. want to see the disappointment Taste in the children's biscuit. eyes when she left the, left the store. Now, ask, without their shoes, ask my mom how many pairs of shoes uh, Jordan she's bought for my son. 
Oh, millions. Like three. Spoils you. Oh, like, yeah. what? Like, Spoils you. You get angry? Yeah, I yeah. get angry. I'm like, what? Well, what happened with what, me? What is this? Yeah, you didn't need it. Oh, you need another pair of Jordans? Yeah. What okay. else do you need? I don't know that I've ever owned a pair of Jordans. I've owned one, Tommy. In really? My life? Your whole life? I don't think I've ever one. had one. Yeah, maybe 19. I've had like, I've had Nike running shoes. If Jordan, if Jordan made a beer when you were a kid, you I would have owned yeah, that. I would, yeah, yeah, you would have had Nike Big Nike. Stock in it. That's what I wore. Nike Big Nikes. Nike Big Nike. Remember the Nike on the back of the shoe? It said NIK. On the back, yes, and I it was huge. That. I don't know. So the shoe was the Nike you, Big Nike. I remember my father bought me a pair of Adidas. You remember the red, white, and blue, like sure, up high? yeah, yeah. Like that was that's when you knew you like you were something special. That's when you were the. Yeah. I remember when Nike came out with the first pair of leather shoes. Like uh, yeah. all anyone ever wore back in the day, York. You probably remember that too. Is is the canvas the can- shoes? The canvas, yeah. As soon as the like the first pair of yeah. leather high tops came Ooh, out, you throw that was on. a big a big technological advancement. Yeah, taste the biscuit. <laughs> taste the biscuit. Don't get the honey on my yeah, chicken sh- wing. Don't get it on my shoes. Taste the biscuit. Do you have a, Tyler, do you have the... Uh, yeah, it's ready now. The Big Trace McSorley, this... So, now look, it's not taste the biscuit. Nothing. I'm not, is taste I'm not the telling you this is taste the biscuit, but this was his theme song, I guess, at Penn State. Right, my buddy uh, Felzy sent me this. Despite the fact that he led his high school to four straight state championship game appearances, very few high major recruiters looked at the six foot tall, 180 pounder and said, Quarterback. Throw it on a dime, like I ain't even trying. Just a kid from Briarwoods, I'm wearing number nine. Met Coach Franklin down at Vandy, flipped to Happy Valley. Now I'm coming back and got the natty on my mind. They can't touch my deep ball. Every It's not bad. It's a little overmodulated, but it's not bad. I like when he woke up in his sorority. Taste the biscuit. I think there was a Jahan Dotson (laughs) reference in there, too. Yeah, I I think you're right. A little Jahan Dotson action. Yeah, I like Taste the Biscuit. Yeah, I do, too. All right, what's uh, what's up on the show, boys? Joniak coming coming out. What time's Joniak? Joniak is at four today. Okay. Courtney's at three right after Tyson Bajan speaks. Did you hear? I have not heard this, and I, I, I haven't wanted to hear it except on the air. Um, Danny told us this morning that a hoodie got into an argument with a fan about the Bears losing. Have you heard this? No, I, I have, have not either. I, I have, have not. not. So I guess it got it got a little heated. Testy, some would okay. say. Testy. So we're going to open with this, and then we're, the we're going to see whose side we agree with. Okay. About uh, what we should be rooting for, and then I want to talk more about uh, 
Justin's future with context. I think a, a lot of context plays into this. All right. Sounds good, boys. Have a great show. Yeah. Are you up there tomorrow, too? Just today. Okay. We're sleeping we'll here tonight. We'll, be... we'll spend the whole week up there. No, we're going to do a, I believe we're doing a an Unhinged on Friday. We are. Yes. We'll You're go, uh, are you in for Unhinged? Oh, yeah. Yes. Friday's my favorite day to be here. We'll do it Friday. <laughs> you guys have a good show today. And uh, Waddle and Sylvia will get you home next. We'll see you tomorrow. Taste the biscuit. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. All right, we're live at Hallis Hall. We got a couple of news and notes to give you before we play you the um, the bite from this morning. I've not heard it yet. Waddle's not heard it yet either. I'm going to react to it. The injury report is out. There's also been a trade in the NFL. McCall Hardman is going back to the Kansas City Chiefs. We have uh, predicted this as well, that the Chiefs will be uh, in the wide receiver market at the trade deadline. And uh, he, he knows that team. Uh, he's been fairly productive uh, in the past, and they need bodies at wide receiver. It's basically Kelsey and then a bunch of guys who just drop a bunch of passes. You know, guys who do stuff every now and then, but but no Rasheed one. Rasheed Rice real, is a guy that yeah. yeah, keep an eye on going forward. But he's a rookie, so yeah, this guy this gives Patrick Mahomes a guy he's familiar with. Sky Moore hasn't done anything no. really that they've wanted him to do since being what a second round pick. Yeah. Um, so there, there's that. Um, the Bears injury report is out, and, and as you would expect, um, Justin Fields did not practice. I was talking to some of the reporters. They were telling me that they're thinking probably mini-buy for Fields, like after the Carolina game. I, was talking, I know I was talking to Weederer. That was his thought. Um, his educated guess, at least, like Doctor Dan. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that would be four weeks out. Yes. Yes. So that would actually, if Doctor Dan is correct, that would he would return against the Lions on November nineteenth. These are all guesses, sure. but I would, you know, Potsy was joking that Justin has always been a quick healer. Whether that gets him back in two weeks or whatever, but. If I were to guess, I would think that an injured, an injury, an IR stay, is very possible here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they've said. Like they've got till you know, what at the end of the the week before they make some sort of kind of pronouncement about how long they think it's going to be. They want to give it a little bit of time and see how it responds. The swelling to go down. Yeah, to no more. Nate Davis, who has already been ruled out for this week, obviously did not practice. He's got that high ankle sprain. Yeah, that's not he's good. he's week to week. Um, Dan Feeney, who we've wanted to see, they Sorry. traded for is on the injury report with a knee. I, do, from what standing on the sideline, I don't he know. was limited. I don't know. Um, Look, I I will say this to you. Uh, you can't go into a game again with, with Cody Whitehair as your center. You just can't. You, I, whether it's Tyler Bajan, Ted quarterback, or it's Justin Fields at quarterback, if, if Cody's going to play, he's going to have to play guard. You cannot afford to put your quarterback and your entire offense at risk with regard to the inconsistent snaps. You just can't do it anymore. This, is, this is concerning. Roshan Johnson is still out with a concussion. This is now going on his second week. 
I mean, we know, you know firsthand how serious concussions can be. Um, they treated them much different when you played. You just basically shook it off yeah. and got back out there no matter how bad you felt. He is a DNP. He's still in concussion protocol. There's a series of, of steps that you have to, or, you know, things, steps that you have to, to pass to actually be allowed to get back out there. And they keep an eye on it. They don't rush guys back anymore. Eddie Jackson uh, was limited with the foot. They had, he was not able to come close to finishing that game, taken out early with a foot injury that's been bothering him. This is also a little concerning. Darnell Wright, who's been available all year, um, is on the injury report with a shoulder. He was limited, so at least he did do stuff. But, again, an offensive line that right now um, is – we thought a week ago we were talking about them getting healthier. Now all of a sudden – it's a little bit. It's dire. a mash unit. I yeah, mean, listen. If, you, if Darnell Wright's able to play, now he's a little banged up. Your right guard is going to be who? That's what I thought. Who's your center? It's Tevin Jenkins is your left guard, and your left tackle is Larry Borum still. Uh, I again, like I know, I don't know. Doug Kramer may suck. He played at Illinois. All I know is he's a he's a drafted player, right? Late draft pick and he's from healthy. a year ago. And, and I, I play him. I, I already know that the other guys suck. I already know this. So I would play Kramer and, 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 and just see if you can develop a kid right now. Look, you can put Cody Whitehair at right guard. Like, I mean, just moving back to right guard where he plays better. He's a better guard than he is a center. Or are you just of the thinking that he is not a part of your future That's anymore? That's fine as well. I'm just and, saying and play if, Carter. If, you're, if you're looking to fill holes right now, you can do that with Cody. I'm just telling you I would not put him at center again this year and under any circumstances. And think about it. That was how they set the year. That's how they set out the year it was with him as their starting center. Uh, and Gakwe was uh, limited with a back injury. I think that was it. Terrell Smith is still out with mono. Um, so I want to play you this. Uh, this uh, Danny texted us about this. I missed. I heard a lot of Cap and Hood this morning. They're very good as always, 7 to 10 every morning on ESPN 1000. A caller called in today and uh, debated something with uh, Hoodie. Take a listen. You know, at this point, I hope Agent does good, but I don't want to win. Let's We're right back where we started last year, and let's just try to build the best possible team that we can because this kid's going to be gunslinging it. He hasn't been out there much. He's going to be excited. The adrenaline's going to be flowing. He knows he's the number one guy right now. I hope he does good, but I just, I'm really not hoping for Bears wins anymore this year. Joe, thanks for the phone call. I'm not going to stand here and listen to that loser's lament. Not in this, not in my hometown. I'm not going to listen to it, Joe. Let me make sure that you understand something. The reason why that we waited all spring and all summer for football is because we want to see successful Bears football. When we are on the air and when you call in, we're putting pressure on the Chicago Bears at Lake Forest to let them know that we're unhappy about what's going on. But the idea that I'm going to stand here every day and just hope that the Bears lose, I'm not going to do that. Absolutely not. they got to find their way out of it. Top draft pick, middle draft pick, bottom draft pick, they got to find a way out of this thing. This is ridiculous. We've, we, Cap and I have gone through a lot of tough stretches as Bears fans where we know that the team had no chance. This is a resetting of the franchise. We should see some pearls of wisdom from Ryan Poles and some semblance of a good football team at some point. 
where we could say that's a good unit, that's a good player. This idea that you're going to sit there every Sunday and just hope that the Bears lose, that's nonsense. I'm not going to listen to it. So it wasn't much of a debate. It was uh, Hoodie scolding him uh, about, again, something that Dan Patrick asked us before the Commanders game. When we were on the Dan Patrick show, you and I together, Dan Patrick asked us, are you rooting for or against the Bears in this game? And I was shocked by it because I thought it was awfully early to start rooting for tanking. Too soon for that. Too soon. And Danny and I were, Danny said uh, that he was surprised with Hoodie's take. And, like, I'm not going to wag my finger at, like, uh, again, but I'm not... I understand where Hoodie's coming from. Like I always say, fan the way you're going to fan. Um, if someone wants to feel that way, I'm not – in December, again, to me, it's more understandable about rooting for losses. It's so damn early right now to root against it all. The one thing that is different than some of the other tanks in the past – for me, as a fan this year, is you've got the Carolina Panthers lottery ticket. Right. You don't hold everything in your future with just yourself. Sure, it would be nice to have one and two. And eventually on December 1st, I will maybe be in the, 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 the cheering section with you for the Bears to lose their last five or six games. It's tough for me now to be outwardly rooting for losses. But I also think that you've got this consolation prize, and maybe it's not even a consolation prize. It's a better prize, the Carolina prize, because they have the best chance to get you the number one pick. So I don't think it all depends on just what the Bears do. Like, we've got this rooting thing for for like the bears in carolina play each other so you're going to probably be wanting the bears to win and carolina still may be winless at that time well again the circumstances of this season are different than the circumstances from last season last season was a defined teardown so at the end of the season what you wanted was the highest possible draft pick some of that, as you just described, is eliminated from your cheering or non-cheering because the Carolina Panthers probably have a better chance of getting the number one overall pick than we do. But since we own their pick, it's ours anyway. Um, I thought this year was about year one of the rebuild. I wanted to see you know, some significant progress. Six games in, I can't start cheering for this team to lose because I need this team to actually start showing us that there are some pieces to this puzzle that will actually lead to victories. I want to see some progress this year. Through six weeks, can you say you've seen significant progress? I can't. No, you haven't, you haven't seen Matt Eberflus win a division game. Right. So, like, I can't continue. Like I said last year, and I'm not going to be inconsistent on it, my patience level for 2023 is significantly different than it was in 2022. My expectation level is different. My expectation is is that some of these young guys in the secondary are going to make plays, take the ball away, that these two free agent linebackers that you signed are going to be difference makers, that some of the 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 you know the bulk of your line of scrimmage uh, talent is going to show. You drafted two guys with a second-round pick sure. and a third-round pick. I need to see these guys play. I need to see Darnell Wright continue to yes. to make progress. I need to see Tevin Jenkins continue to stay on the field. I'd love to see the quarterback 
be as healthy as possible and play as many games as possible. Like, this is not the season where I felt like at any point I was going to start cheering for what's best for the franchise long term. Like, that's different that I'm never going to truly cheer for my team to lose. I can say to you what's best for the team is is actually that they have a high draft pick, but I feel differently about the this franchise this year versus last year. I need to see some progress. I can do it when I see the light at the end of the tunnel. We are far from seeing a light at the end of the tunnel for the end of the season. For me, and again, everyone's different, so I won't scold you like Hoodie uh, on how you feel. I feel like it puts me in a weird predicament on a no-win situation. So let's go to the nationally televised Chargers game in a week. And we're sitting there watching Sunday night football. And let's say we have Tyreek Stevenson, who has a coming-out party against Herbert. Let's say you're all of a sudden in a mode of rooting against the Bears. And let's say in the fourth quarter, the Chargers are charging, and they're doing what they do in a three-point game. They're not pulling away from you. And in, in two plays late in the game, Stevenson intercepts a pass, and then on the last drive, he has a pick six, and he takes it for the score to ice the game. Which is a direct result of pressure being applied by Pickens. Right. So you have two draft picks from this year's draft who did great things to ice a win. You're in the mode of rooting against the Bears, but two guys who are now a part of your future to lead to future success just did something to win. You're in a mode of rooting against those guys. That's a lose-lose for you. Like, to me, I'm still rooting for those guys to do well to lead you to a win. If these were a bunch of slap you-know-whats who are just a bunch of veterans who aren't Part going of the, future. the future. I'm like a, a bunch of those Bulls teams were bad. I'm more for that. When you have a bunch of young players, Darnell Wright, Roshan Johnson, when he does clear out, uh, or DJ Moore, who you want to love, um, those young defensive players, Brisker, Gordon, Tyreek Stevenson, uh, Pickens, Dexter, all those guys – I'm going to root for them to have success that lead to Bears wins, at least this early in the year. Now, again, in December, if the Bears are within a stone's throw of getting the number two pick with the number one pick, and I can control the entire draft, then all bets are off. I can't do it here on October 18th. Nor can I. 312-332-3776. How did you feel hearing what Hoodie had to say? Do you agree with him? Do you disagree with him? Do you like the way he scolded the fan? Do you dislike the way he told the fan to, to fan in, in that way? Um, I want to hear from you. And then Courtney Cronin is going to join us coming up a little after 3. Bajan's about to meet the media, so uh, she will tell us what he has to say. And uh, we'll give you the latest coming up at Hallis Hall. Waddle and Sylvie, from our State Street studio to your hellish commute home. We're there with you making it bearable. Never mind. Back to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. I'll tell you, uh, when Tyson Bajan speaks, we'll uh, carry some of that. We, we talked to him on the day that... Uh, the blank hit the fan on the south side, so it was a little lost in the shuffle. And remember that day when uh, Kenny and Rick were surprisingly fired by uh, Jerry? That was the early in the show. We talked to Tyson Bajan. Yeah. And then uh, next thing you know, next thing you know, we're in White Sox mode. 
that they're firing. And, and that was the 12 now, hours that Sox fans had optimism. And now we're in White Sox mode, but in Bears-related manner because they're 1-5. in five. Yes. Ask your question, by the way. What was my question? Have they found uh, the person who shot the gun? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Have they have they solved that mystery yet? No. No. Uh, You're right. Every time we do talk any even a small amount of White Sox, I have to ask that. I forgot about yes, it. Yes, yes. Well, the, you know what? Then their plan is working because I right. forgot. Well, they may have solved it. I My belief is they've solved it. They don't want to publicize it is, is what I think. They're keeping it a secret? Yes. I, I I think they know. Is that not is that how it works now? When crimes are solved well, or situations are solved, we keep it to ourselves. Yeah, well, I think sometimes it depends on on who it involves and who's somebody got, got shot. I know, but it, 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 what if it's the person's? What if it's theirs? Mellor, do you have any uh, update on what happened with your favorite baseball team and your favorite baseball team's home? No. No, he doesn't yeah, care. He's, he's, not, he's not even going to get up out of his today. chair. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. welcome to Hallis Hall, Meller. Uh, Mike in Logan Square, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mikey? Uh, Mike dropped off. Oh, okay. Mike's out of here. Mike's like, I don't want to talk about the south side. Yeah, and, uh, he heard White Sox uh, talk, and he ran. Yeah, yeah. Don't blame you, Mike. I don't. I don't blame you at all. But, yeah, like, again, like, this is what we, we're debating about the Bears, about um, whether or not, and I, I think uh, someone in the Twitch chat uh, said it best. Like, it's almost like I'm not in rooting mode for them to lose, but if they happen to lose, it's not the worst thing in the world. Well, let, let's it, look at this thing. Like, the best thing for the future of the franchise, let's ask, what would be the best thing? Would it be, obviously, something we don't have a ton of control over is the Carolina Panthers pick, which we own. But if, in fact... Our team is second yes. in the draft order. That gives us tremendous draft currency. But it also means that year one of the rebuild has been an absolute disaster. Yes. Right? Yes. So it just means you're going to have to pull yourself up from a further you know, depth to get back to respectability, are you going? I need to see signs that some of the other investments, the other draft picks, and some of the young guys that they're counting on can help lead, that can improve and help lead this team to some victories. I think there's more value in that. That at the end of the season, you actually have young players that are establishing themselves and pointing you in the right direction collectively. I would think that that would be ultimately more valuable to you than having the second pick versus the fifth or sixth pick. No? I mean, or that to me is the question that needs to be answered. So phrase it to me again. It, what's more valuable to the franchise going forward or more, or, or more important to the franchise going forward? That maybe you draft six, seventh, or eighth, but it's because some of your young strong, players. You know, family based back home. Oh, and oh is this Tyson, uh, Tyson Bajan's at the podium. Let's go to him. Um, I'm not usually that comfortable until I know the whole game plan. So kind of put that burden on myself throughout the week, get the game plan, you know, knowing it in and out, uh, you know, gives me that confidence to go out there and, you know, play to the best of my ability. How difficult was it to go into a game after not getting a lot of reps? And then how much will this week preparing to start help you Sunday? I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, it is it is different standing on the sideline for a, for a good bit and then getting put in the game. But, um, you know, the plays are, you know, they're still the plays. We still have our process. We still have our operation. Um, so it will be a little bit more comfortable with the, the amount of reps that I'm going to receive this week. Um, 
and you just got to stack the days this week so we can be as prepared as we can on Sunday. You've talked multiple times about your preparation being kind of the, the fuel for your confidence. When did you realize that that was kind of the thing that, that you needed to, to get settled and feel good about playing? Say, uh, just going through college football, I think you start to see guys that are really good that don't make it because they don't know where they're going. Um, so if you're not the fastest guy you're, and you're, you're not the best athlete on the field, as long as you know where you're going and, you know, can play all positions on the field or know what everybody's doing, you're usually going to operate a little bit better than, you know, guys that might be a little bit better than you physically. So I uh, kind of learned it then. And then especially at this level, everybody's, you know, really smart and really fast. So really understanding what's going on around me, um, I think, has been the only, you know, real focal point since I've been here. Has your preparation allowed you to feel comfortable with the entirety of the playbook, or do you expect there to be some kind of refined package of plays more tailored to what you are comfortable with and what you know so far in the system? Yeah, I think whatever they whatever they want to put on that call sheet um, will, will be understood, you know, through and through by myself. Um, and, you know, I'll put that on me. Kind of going into the game last week, um, you know, I just kind of told them, you know, hey, I know you guys have a lot of faith in me, but I do want to let you know I know the whole I know the whole call sheet. So, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, do your thing, call your plays. Um, you know, don't hinder the offense just because I'm going in there because I've, you know, prepared for this all week. So kind of take pride in doing that. And um yeah, whatever's put on there is uh usually, you know, what what will be understood and what I'll figure out how to operate. Due to some due to some of the limited reps, some of your teammates when we asked them like what is Tyson Bates' playing style, they didn't really know how to answer that. Obviously, the more you play with them, they'll probably be able to tell us it in full. How do you describe what your playing style is? I uh, I don't know. I've never been asked that before. I, I guess I I don't try to box myself into um, to any category. I don't I don't necessarily think I'm solely a pocket passer. I don't think I'm solely you know I don't think I'm a dual threat guy. Um, I think I fall somewhere in between there and, you know, I just take the play that's given to me and try to extract whatever yardage I can out of that play. And that's just kind of how I think about it and look at it. So what did you do in the first month of the season, the first four weeks, what did you do to move up from three to two on the depth chart? Um, I just tried my best every day, just made sure I was locked in both physically and, and mentally, make sure I knew what was going on. Um, the timing of everything and, you know, made sure I still was taking care of my body, you know, getting to bed at a good time. Um, just kind of trying to do it, you know, the best I can um, all the time. So uh, hopefully that's what it was. Tyson, uh, a year ago you were preparing for Westchester and today you're preparing for the Raiders. What's the difference? Uh, the details. Lot, you know, a lot of details. Obviously, the team I'm going against uh, Sunday is a little bit better than Westchester. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, the, the other team's a little bit smarter than 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 they were a year ago, and there's quite a bit more details than there were a year ago. So other than that, you still just you know play hard and operate in sync with the with the guys you got. But how are you not like overwhelmed when you look back at it from in that perspective from you know D two to, to the NFL? How you know how are you not overwhelmed? Um, you know, I think my life has been planned out for me ahead of time. I think that everything that happened, that has happened and will happen was already set in stone to happen. Um, and I think that, you know, coming where I, from where I come from, um, you know, I've pretty much beat every odd that there was for me. So, you know, I got nothing to lose. I'm just, you know, I'm going to go out there and, you know, fight with these guys to the death and, you know, try to stack up as many wins as I can until till we get Justin back. What's the score going to be Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> Nice one. Nice one. No comment. <laughs> what, does it, what does it mean to you to, to be on the stage and, and to reach this point? Say it again. What does it mean to you to, to be on the stage, to reach this point ahead of your first NFL start? Um, you know, uh, it means everything. I think after the last game of my college career, 
I was talking to a good buddy of mine and just kind of, you know, we were kind of talking about like, hey, you know, no matter how good or bad this goes at the next level, you know, there is a there is a very big chance that, you know, maybe you make the team, but you, you might never get to start a game ever again in your whole life. You might never get, you know, that 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 QB one role ever again. And that's just kind of, you know, how the how the apple falls from the tree sometimes. But uh, to, to look where I'm at and to look how everything is kind of falling into place, uh, just nothing but, you know, extreme uh, gratitude and just feeling super blessed to, you know, be able to be that that uh, kind of motivational role in the the younger people in my in my in my family, kind of be that person they can look up to, and just really just motivation for everybody that you know maybe at a smaller level and all the people back home. Jason, going back to before your senior year, when you were considering whether to transfer to Division One, did you ever worry that staying at when you made the decision to stay in Shepherd, did you worry that that would affect your ability to get on an NFL roster? Um, no, I didn't think it would affect my ability to get here. I thought that it might affect the stock a little bit, but um, I felt like I was already playing for the best coaching staff and felt like I was already in a winning situation. Um, and, you know, I think hindsight, you know, I definitely made the, the right decision with, with staying and coming back. I mean, kids, dream, kids dream about this playing in the NFL, right, when you're, when you're younger. But did you ever really think this was going to happen when you are coming up in Martinsburg? Yeah, oddly, I always thought it was going to happen. I think that um, – you know, me and my dad really were the only ones that really thought that this was going to happen. Um, and then, you know, after that, it was just figuring out how I could outwork everybody that, you know, maybe had maybe had more things, had more things than I did, had better facilities and, you know, all that stuff. So it was just really just trying to, you know, get it out the mud, putting a lot of work in the in the in the shadow and um, just so I'd be ready for, you know, this week. You have a backup plan if you didn't get the shot in the NFL. Yeah, I was going to um, just basically just crossfit my life away, get as ripped and jacked as I possibly could, <laughs> and uh, be a teacher at Martinsburg High School. Tyson, what's your relationship with Justin been like since you got here? And then this week with you operating as the starter, what, what are you trying to take from Justin leading up to the game? Yeah, I think, I think the whole time I've been here, Justin's been a huge leader by example. Just, so just kind of sitting back really out of the corner of my eye, always seeing what he's doing in, in every situation, whether that be in practice or in the game, pregame, uh, walkthroughs, everything. Just kind of looking at him, seeing how he's operating, seeing the, the tempo he's operating with, um, knowing when you can sit back and take a breath and knowing when you have to be locked in, all those little things. And then since, you know, the finger injury, you know, he's done a, you know, all everybody really has done a great job kind of rallying behind me, you know, m- you know, letting me know that they believe in me and, you know, him specifically just, you know, he told me anything that anything I need, you know, don't hesitate to ask. And, and I haven't. And I think that's going to, you know, serve serve the team well on Sunday. What was you, said, the, you said on Sunday that you wanted to look at the, the video to see what happened on the interception. When you when you went back and reflected on how that whole thing got disrupted, what did you see? Um, I think that's me being uh, being greedy in the situation, being a little too excited in the moment um and not having the wits about me to just you know get it to the check down play the next play i think in hindsight you think one-on-one with dj that's always a great idea but then as soon as you get you know a bunch of crap in your face you know it's it's nothing to move out of the way check it down and survive and play the next play you've kind of felt like the, the pressure took you off your getting the full full uh, i felt like i need to have a better grasp of the play um just the whole play, not just what looks good in the moment, um, and get it to the check down. Do you have you even more family coming? Do you have even more family coming this week? Yeah. How are they preparing for this this game? Yeah, they uh, they everybody's really excited. Um, I think everybody's kind of just curious on how I'm kind of feeling. 
um, letting me know that if I'm if I'm you know freaking out behind the scenes, they'll come they'll come up early and hang out with me. But uh, I told him I was all good with that. But yeah, I got a lot of people coming uh, on Sunday. Everybody's pretty excited. When you told the the coaching staff that you knew the entire playbook, that essentially they don't have to tear pages out of it, what, what was their reaction to that? Um, they were just like, yeah, well, yeah, we uh, we uh, we knew that. So they full full confidence in me and uh, full confidence in each other, really. So that was uh, that was good, and I think we were able to put a put a couple drives together, and I thought everything went well based on the circumstances. So what has made you what has made you good at getting the ball out quick at the quick game? What's made you good at the quick game of just getting the ball out quick at the line scrimmage? Yeah, I think this offense is very similar to what I operated in in college for four and a half years, um, and you know. The, the, the more times you get the ball out on time, especially in the quick game, you know, stay ahead of the sticks. You know, the more the, the, the more tired that the D-line gets, the less likely they are to have a superstar rush on every play. Um, and, you know, as long as you can play ahead of the sticks, get first downs and first downs, long as you can keep the, you know, our defense off the field and let them rest because, you know, how good they've been playing, uh, the, the better everything goes. So be able to take your shots you know, sporadically, but, you know, more so than not, you know, how can I get the ball out? How can I take the pressure off of our O-line um, and kind of unmotivate the D-line, so to speak? Thanks, Thanks Tyson.